Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. We'll talk about uh, that great uh, that great family-run business in a moment. I want to say hi to Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, back with us. Hi, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. How are you doing with I all the well. smoke and ragweed out it's there? It's special. It's special. <laughs> yeah, I thought my eyes were going yesterday, but no, it was just the smoke. Yeah, it is that all of that, and mm-hmm. again the ragweed. But boy, ragweed, you yeah. probably agree with me. We need some rain around. We need here. some rain. Yep. Yeah, my garden says we need rain. The trees say we need rain. Yes, they're they're really stressed. You can tell that. I should. Yeah, I see a lot of leaves down because see of a lot it. of leaves coming down. You yeah. see some turning, but you also see um, the undersides of a lot of the leaves. If you've noticed, some of the some of the leaves look grayer than they should. So you can really see the trees look different now. So that's a, that's a good indication to take and look at look at your trees. Look at the, how the plants look different when they're really water stressed, because that will translate into your garden too. I was trying to think of the term that you and uh, Mary Meyer uh, did uh, made about because um, it happened at, at uh, Sandy got a uh, raspberry plant as mm-hmm. a gift, mm-hmm. and those Japanese beetles kind of lacy looking after mm-hmm. they. Chew it up or whatever they're doing to that. They do like that. Is that the term? It's kind of lace. Uh, it it does have a lacy effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is very very lacy. Yeah. Well, they yeah. can tremendous and damage. They do a lot of damage, and unfortunately, with a lot of insects, when they're eating the leaves, there's still a lot of leaf left, and so yeah. the plant can still photosynthesize. But when you get a big Japanese beetle infestation. There's not a lot of green left, and green is what the plants need to photosynthesize. Absolutely. So your plants are pretty stressed, so try to treat them as nicely and gently and don't stress them anymore. So if you need water, water. Um, don't fertilize them. Don't prune if you don't have to. Just you know, try not to hit them with weed whackers and things like that. Just try to treat them as gently as possible. If you have a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call it in. Folks are calling in now, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six, or if you'd rather, send a text eight one eight zero seven. Kind of hard to believe we'll be at the Minnesota State Fair at one week Fair. from today. Yes, and the the gardeners, the master gardeners, are out there every day. Now, where were you? The, they're located. Be the, they'll be in the horticulture the hort building. building. Okay, so you can go there from in early in the morning to late at night and ask master gardeners questions, and they come from all over the state. Do they? So it's uh, we master gardeners have fun. We get to meet with other master gardeners from other counties and. Of course, we don't have a lot of time to chit-chat because we're talking People to, are the, asking questions, to the public. Yeah. Um, but we also have a dirt stage out there. And there are some master gardeners presenting. I'll be presenting. but um, So we'll have subjects like, I know Larry's out there with hydroponic gardening. We've got some tomato presentations, a lot of pollinator, um, garlic. Um, uh, I'm doing lazy gardening. And there's just a lot of wonderful gardening presentations out there, along with other presentations, too. It's great. And so, in the meantime, I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I think Julie is going to be in the first set, or is it Mary? I, I think, think, I think it's, it's Julie. Julie, then Mary. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And, and Julie's, Julie's saving her voice right now. She, yeah, she kind of is under the weather, as they yeah, say. Yeah. Well, she, Julie, feel a, better. A cold got her, but 
she just couldn't talk much. And it's hard to be on the radio and not talk. Tell me. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the emotions just don't translate well no, through they them. don't. So, Julie, feel better. Feel better, we'll Julie. We'll see you next week. All right, we've got uh, callers. We have textures. I don't want to, you know how it is with the textures. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Susan is picking up on callers now. But let me grab a text or two. Yes. Trampled my daylilies during a remodel. None <laughs> bloomed. Now they're sprouting again. Will they come back next year, do you They'll think? They'll be fine next year. You think year. so? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just make sure you do water them. And if you want to be really nice, you can side dress with a little compost. Just because that ground was trampled, so it was pressed down a little bit, compacted. So if you can, um, you don't have to fluff it up, but the compost will help the microbes fluff it up and the, and the worms and the beetles. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones in a minute. Uh, Les, uh, do you know, Texter says, what the that viney weed is that is in rural areas that is lighter green and mm-hmm. has a small white flower yep. and spreads badly? I think it's silver lace vine, and it is very aggressive. I Sounds noticed like that it. I drove up north last yesterday, and it's very, very, very aggressive. It looks really pretty from a distance. I've never seen it up close, personal, but it does look pretty. But it's extremely aggressive, so you do. I think it's one of the invasive plants. I could be wrong about that, but it's... Silver lace vine. And a follow-up question, does the viney weed respond to weed killer? That I don't know. I would assume it does, but I do not know that. You may want to use something like maybe a brush killer on it instead because yeah. okay. that would be a little stronger. Let's go to the phones, uh, Teresa. Nancy is calling from Maplewood, I believe. Nancy, you're on with Teresa. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Quick question for you. It's my habit to use miracle Grow once a week on my annuals and perennials mm-hmm. and my young tree. When should I quit using it? Okay. For the um, perennials and your tree, you can stop about the middle of August for your annuals right up until the day you decide to get rid of them or like the week before. So your annuals keep feeding the whole time and your perennials stop feeding them um, the the, the uh, granulars at the beginning of August, and then any liquid fertilizers. Stop feeding that about the middle of August. Very good. Thanks so much. You bet. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Nancy leaves that line open if you want to call in your lawn and garden questions, 651-989-9226. Again, text number is 81807. Here's a text uh, that is, uh, what is the earliest and latest I can aerate the yard? Hmm. Well, really, you could aerate it as soon as in the spring. I mean, there's nothing that says you can't no, aerate. Right. You, so the, as long as the ground is not frozen, you could aerate it. When is the best time? That would be early, late August into early um, September. And I would definitely go to extension.umn.edu, click on the garden tab, and look at lawn care. And they have a really good calendar on there and information about why, you're, why you aerate and what is the best time and how it impacts your lawn. So that would be the best best thing to do. But late late August would be the best time. There's no aeration police out there. so I have to do that this year. Okay. It really makes a difference in the it does, lawn. Big it does time. help. It can really help. Especially if lawn. you have a lot of he- heavy clay. If you have heavy clay or if you have a lot of traffic on your lawn. You've got uh-huh. kids playing out there, dogs playing out there, postal workers walking on it, you know, construction work. It it all really impacts and compresses that lawn. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, very good. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Steve okay. is calling from Shoreview, I believe. Steve, you're on CCO. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Uh, I probably have a common problem. Uh, obviously, Japanese beetles were big time hurting my Honeycrisp tree. Oh, yes. And then I had a lot of, of what I call the little uh, little worms on, mm-hmm. on my tree, and my, my apples just did nothing this year. And I tried yep. spraying the tree. I tried the uh, granular 
insecticides on the ground. Uh, what what can I do? Okay, so with the with the Japanese beetles, there's not a super lot you can do because anything you put on the ground or on the tree could impact the fruit. So anytime you're spraying something that you're going to eat, always make sure it says it's okay for edibles. That's the first most important thing. Next, um, if you're worried about the maggots, the apple maggots, it's a little beautiful little black and gray and clear winged fly that comes in about the second or third week of June. She has a little ovipositor on her abdomen. She pokes that in, lays an egg, and that's why you get those dimples on. And then the little egg hatches and turns into a larva or a worm, and it works its way through your apple, eating its way. And then it gets to the other part of the apple, and it falls out on the ground and pupates and turns into whatever, you know, the fly, and then next year they all come back again. So what you want to do is clean up really well in the fall to get rid of as many um, many larvae as you can, as many whatever's in the apples in the ground as you can. And then next year you can spray for it. What you want to do is put out traps, the sticky red traps. And what I would do is take the sticky red trap, the, the red trap, put it in a, a Ziploc bag or a plastic bag, cover it with or cover it with um, plastic uh, wrap and then put the tangle foot on the outside of it and then hang that in your tree and the fly will come and say oh look a ripe apple and it gets stuck on there then you know you have to start spraying if you don't want to spray as soon as you can get out there and bag each apple that you want to save let the rest go if you don't care about them um, you know your tree will look very interesting with all these little bags on it um, do we have good information on the website how to bag your apples with a ziploc bag and a stapler or sometimes you can just use other things. Um, but that would be the way, and then those apples are protected. The fly can't get through the bag, and maybe the squirrels won't take them too. So those are your options. You can also spray with um, uh, the clay, the white clay, and that actually covers everything on the apples, but with rain it does wash off. That's the more organic kind of protection, but you may have to reapply it, and it's a lot of work. Okay. So there's some options. Very good. More than you probably wanted to know. <laughs> Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in studio today answering your calls and your text messages. Teresa, we need to take a quick break, but okay. we have more uh, show to come. 68 degrees now in the Twin Cities. Still some of that uh, patchy smoke out there today, tonight, and tomorrow. But a daytime high here in the Twin Cities uh, around 87 or so today. Take a look at that roof of yours. What do you see when you uh, drive up? You, the shingle edges kind of curled up. Are there bald spots or cracked shingles? Uh, maybe the roof just looks very old and worn. Now, if your roof is oh, 20 years old or more, do what I did. Call Lindis Construction. Get those great GAF asphalt shingles on your roof. Lindis, by the way, Minnesota and Wisconsin's number one asphalt roofing company, and for good reason, too. Lindis is one of the most experienced and respected roofing companies. They are, in fact, GAF factory certified master elite installers. That's the kind of contractor you get. And you're going to see Lindis at the uh, State Fair booth in the grandstand, the upper level of the grandstand. And, of course, Andy Lindis and gang will be with us uh, one week from today at our broadcast center, which, by the way, you can look at when you come over. Look at the shingles. Those are the great GAF shingles, the lifetime designer shingles you'll see on our broadcast center. And right now you can get free installation on labor on GAF asphalt roofing. Some restrictions apply. Go to lindisconstruction.com or call 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. And Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is with us today helping you out by phone and by text. And as usual, Teresa, you're no stranger to... To all of these, we have a bunch of both, so let's uh, let's get to them. Um, you have to tell me if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Texter says, I love astrantia flowers. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? Yep, you did. Are they tough to grow? Mine died. 
they're not that tough to grow, but things didn't make it through the winter. A lot of things okay. died last winter, um, and because of the weird spring and just not a lot of snow and everything else. So give it another try. Um, you know, try things two or three times. You know, after the third time, maybe think it's not going to work for you there, or look at the location you're putting it in. But uh, yeah, Estrangia is a really pretty flower. All mm-hmm. right. Yep. Back to the phones we go. Scott is calling from my Sandy, I believe. Scott, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Scott. Hey. Hey, good morning. Say, I'm out in the kind of a heavily wooded area, and I've had a fabulous garden grow this year. Wonderful. What I've noticed is is uh, in the mornings and, like, when the flowers are bloomed out, I have seen at least four different uh, species or, or kinds of bees mm-hmm. pollinating. I've actually seen bee wars inside the flowers. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many different kind of bees pollinate? You know, we have a lot of different kinds of bees. I, I'm not sure the exact number. I want to say there's over 400 different species. You know, there's the big little, the big ones, the little ones, the ground dwellers, the the hives. It's just amazing how many bees. And bees aren't the only pollinators. You'll also see flies and hoverflies and and uh, hummingbirds. Um, regular birds can sometimes pollinate. Even beetles at times will pollinate, and hornets and wasps. They aren't the best, but but they can do it. So bees, honeybees aren't the only thing that pollinates. Um, there's a lot of pollinators out there. I wonder there. if Jeff, we'll have to look in the uh, website, but I wonder if Jeff Hahn has any indication. Jeff Hahn has some, and if you, there's some really good pollinator books out there, and you, it's just, it's amazing how many different bees there are. It wow. is, and they're big ones and little ones. Yeah. And, I mean, there's some that you don't even realize they're a bee if you don't know it, and, and yeah, it's, they're amazing out there, yeah. We need all the help we can get. We need all the help. And, you know, and I I compliment you on having so many different pollinators and noticing them. The more different pollinators you have, I think the healthier your ecosystem is. So because everyone pollinates in a different way and a different flower at a different time. So it really Mm. helps to have all your bases covered, so to speak. All right. Diane is calling in from Fridley with a question. Diane, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Diane. Hi. Say we have a an old bur oak tree in our backyard, mm-hmm. and for about the last five years, we had no acorns at all. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this fall, I'm mean, this summer, it's it's just rains. It's just mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just pouring out of the tree. Yep, and we're just curious about mm-hmm. why this happens. You know, we used to think, and and sometimes some of us still think it's just uh, they're like under stress, so they're trying to propagate. They, I think they really, scientists, we really don't know why they do things like that. Um, it's just some years they just, they just, you know, the situation is right. The weather, the energy the plant has, it's just good for them to make the acorns. In other years, perhaps, you know, something happened at one, at one point in the cycle where they had to abort whatever they were going to do for acorns or they didn't have enough energy for it or the weather wasn't right. So I think there's so many different things that go into it. it so we can't just anymore rely on every other year or that it just is under stress. There's just so many different things. So I have to say it's a mystery. Hmm. But isn't it wonderful? Yes. Except when you're trying to mow the lawn and you're being beaned by acorns, because that can't be pleasant. We have to wear a hard hat when you're mowing. Thanks, Diane. (laughs) Thanks. Appreciate the call. Sally, in the meantime, is calling from Woodbury, I believe. Sally, hi. Hi, Sally. Hi. Hi, Teresa. Um, Yes, I have a a, a large tomato plant with lots of tomatoes on it, Mm -hmm. but some of them have a blossom end rot, and I'm wondering if there's too much water, not enough water, or too much fertilizer, or what? Yes. 
Um, it, it can be any of those things. So pick the ones that have the blossom end rot. You can eat the part that's still good. Just cut off the icky part. What happens is the plant could not create enough calcium to make that flower turn into a properly pollinated tomato. It just kind of fudged it at the end. Um, it just didn't have that. So it could be because there was too much water and not enough water, and so lots of the roots died. Over-fertilizing can kill the, the new feeder roots. So it's just all of that stress any of that can cause them not to take up enough calcium. Our soils have plenty of calcium. Um, if you do have an issue with watering or that, there are sprays you can actually spray on the flower that is like a calcium and kind of helps it along. It's supposed to help. Um, I haven't ever used it, but I have seen them in the garden centers. So it's yes to that question. Too much, not enough water or fertilizer. Tell you what, I want to we have to take a break. Just okay. a reminder, we have another half hour of the show to go. Texter says, though, how late this fall can you plant potted North Pole arborvitae? You want to get them in uh, eight weeks before your ground's going to freeze. So if you can know when your ground's going to freeze, back up eight weeks, and that's when you want to do it. I would say get them in uh, the first or second week at the latest of September. If you're up north, get them in uh, the first week of September. Okay. All right, Teresa. Thanks. We're going to take a break here, look at that forecast, and then we have more show to come, so don't go away. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. For the Twin Cities, patchy smoke, otherwise sunshine today. Highs near 87. Uh, more of that smoke overnight tonight and, in fact, uh, Sunday morning as well. Lows overnight, 66 for your Sunday tomorrow. Highs near 85 with some sunshine. And then Sunday night, Monday, Monday night, chances of rain come in with a high Monday near 76. Sunshine returning Tuesday, high near 76. Right now on CCO, 68 degrees. The winds are variable at 4. Humidity, 90%. Dew point at 64. And the CCO temperature reading, now 68 degrees. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And a reminder that our show every week, we thank them, those good folks that buy the art outdoor furniture that you'll be able to see at the Minnesota State Fair. Well, and we'll, sit we'll on be. it. And, and sit, sit on, on it. Yes. And realize how Enjoy. comfy it is. Yes. And uh, in fact, I know, well, I'll tell you what, there's a, a lawn question. Let's get this. And just okay. a reminder that Julie, I think next week we'll mm-hmm. have a turf expert. All right. At the Minnesota All State right. Fair. So if you have any lawn type questions, save it till next week if yep. you want. Mm-hmm. And we'll help you out then. Yeah. Uh, good morning. Texter says, my front lawn is mostly dirt in one large area due to no sun getting through a crab apple tree that covers it. What can you tell me? And we may ask, save this for next week, too. What can you tell me about those green blankets that cover new seed? What's the best time of year to put that down? Green blankets that cover new seed. Hmm. Um, I, you know, they probably work very well. They're the ones that they put on the hills so, the, the, yeah. so they don't wash away. I would away. think this time of year would be good This for time that. of year is good for August, it. Um, September. August, September. And look for shady mixes, a little heavier on the fescue. Grass is a full sun plant. I hate to tell you this. If you go into the forest, you're not going to see a lot of grass. Yeah. It's just a full sun plant. It needs a lot of sun. So in the shade, you're going to have to be overseeding a lot. You're going to have to go with grasses that aren't your Kentucky blue uh, and fescues and things like that is what you're looking for. You know, in some cases, it's just nicer just to mulch and make a beautiful um, woodland garden. And where you have sun, then concentrate and have your beautiful, perfect lawn. Very good. Good luck. Back to the phones we go. Marsha is calling from Burnsville, I believe. Hi, Marsha. Hi, Marsha. Hi, I spent yesterday squishing 184 little worms okay. on my uh, Creeping Jenny. This worm is about a quarter quarter of an inch long. It's uh, sort of a pale blue. 
I want to know what it is. If there's any nor, if there's any natural uh, thing I can use to uh, discourage them. Mm-hmm. And number three, if I if there's nothing natural, what can you recommend from like a, um, a hardware store? Okay, um, I, I'm going to have to just um, say I don't know what that insect is, so I don't know how to treat it. I don't know what it is, so I'm I'm not sure what it's doing. So I. I can't answer your other two questions. But what I can say is go to the website if possible um, and look up Little Blue Worms on Creeping Jenny. You can even just Google that, and it might come up with things. Um, You could also put in Little Blue Caterpillars. Uh, So it may have been some caterpillars for a butterfly or a moth that you'd like to see. I I honestly do not know what those are, um, so I can't give you any information about how to take care of it and how to present, prevent it in the future. If you've never seen them before, it's a possibility that you will never see them again. If your plant gets them every year, um, you can sometimes cover your plant uh, with a floating roll cover, and then they don't get the insects on them. However they get there, I don't know if they're laying eggs or if they're pupating from the soil. Um, I, again, since I don't know what they are, um, I can't really give you a good answer how to take care of them. Um, there are also sprays that you can, you know, insect killers. But again, you have to know what they are and you have to know when to spray. So I'm afraid I can't help you with this very well except to research it more and see what the insect is. And then once you know what the insect is, that will give you the perfect way to know how to take care of it and how to prevent it. Get on that U of M website, Get too. on the extension.umn.edu Tell us what that website. is again. Extension.umn.edu. And that will bring you right over to the university website and uh, you can click on the garden tab there. Yeah, very good. Good luck. Uh, Santria is calling from uh, Eden Prairie this morning. Good morning, you're on with Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question of uh, about my red oak. I noticed three or four years ago that it started getting what turned out to be chlorosis. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have a, I was, uh, a tree company suggested like three different treatments, and I narrowed it down to two. Mm-hmm. But now I'm wondering it, when would be the best time to do them mm-hmm. and whether I need to do both or three or just one. Okay, so they were thinking you should have three of the same treatments in a year or three different kinds of treatments? Three different kinds of treatments. Hmm. Okay. And uh, some of it seemed a little overkill to me, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, th- the major one was uh, direct injection into the root flare of the tree. Okay. And that uh, we talked about and suggested in the fall. It's an oak, so I always understood that you really shouldn't do anything right, to it right. unless it's dormant. Mm-hmm. So yep. what would be the well, best time? Yep, they from, said, mm-hmm. like, November. Okay. Well, that would be after the insects are gone. So so the possibility of oak wilt being transmitted is a little less. Um, I'm not quite sure what they're injecting. What the problem is, is the oak is a tree that likes a little, a little more acidic soil. And down here in the southern part of the state, we have a higher pH. We have a more alkaline soil. So there's not enough of the fungi and the bacteria in the soil to help the plant take up the food it needs. So the plant gets chlorosis or it looks hungry. The leaves get pale. and You can see the veins are very green in there. So what you need to do is kind of change the pH of the soil. 
that's what you're needing to do. So it's either going to be an iron treatment or you're going to put down soil sulfur or something like that. That's what you want to do. And you're going to probably have to do it possibly for the life of the tree or at least until the tree is more established and it can locate the food source and have enough roots um, that it can feed itself, that it can uptake the, the nutrition that it needs. Um, so I would, uh, you know, maybe talk to another tree care company and see what they suggest. Um, look for certified arborist. Um, I have not heard of the injection right into the tree. That doesn't mean it's not legitimate. I, I don't know that much about it. I would think it would be more of a soil treatment that you would want. But again, I'm not an arborist, so I could be wrong about all the So get advances. another opinion. Get another opinion. It's always good to get a second opinion and follow their rules. And you are right. You don't want to be impacting the tree, the um, the surfaces of the tree. You don't want to be impacting those when right. there could be a possibility of insects around. Good thinking. Good luck. Thank you. Let's uh, talk to Carl in St. Cloud. I think Carl has a comment about that silver lace vine we had a, a text about. Hey, Carl, Carl. What, what's your comment, Carl? Yes, that, that uh, silver lace vine is... Uh, uh, wild cucumber or kind of cystus lobata mm-hmm. and it grows wild and then and, and every year like this we have a lot of moisture and and then they even grow uh, much more and we see them now because they're in bloom mm-hmm. yep and that's exactly thing, right you do see them now because they're in bloom okay and, and the thing to do is to jerk them out as soon as you see them mm-hmm. because Good point. they can cause severe damage or even kill a uh yeah, evergreen tree when they mm. they can yeah yeah well, so you got to be very you have proactive to be vigilant yeah yeah trees aren't supposed to have a lot of vines in them and and you know things like Virginia creeper or silver lace vine can be pretty aggressive and it can take over a tree all right thanks Carl Good appreciate luck, Carl. that texter wants to know what causes black mold on my basil leaves and how do I prevent it oh that's um that's a uh, uh, the oh, downy mildew I believe it's the downy mildew on the um. On the basil, I hope I hope I pulled that out of my brain right. And there's not much you can really do because you can't be spraying the plant with things because you're going to ingest them. We did the plants are coming from the nurseries like that, and they don't know they have it until it presents the symptoms, and that doesn't happen till later in the season. And it's a big problem with with basil. So you may want to try growing your basil from seed. Although I've heard that some of the seed stock is in, impacted too. So there's not much you can do. Pick off the icky leaves, um, harvest the rest of the leaves quickly, and just do the best you can with that. But I think I've got that right. I, I may be missaying what it is, but it's um, not powdery mildew. I'm pretty sure it's downy mildew, but I could be wrong about that. But go to the website, extension.umn.edu, and click on the garden tab, and um, and that it'll tell you what to do for it. There's really not much you can do once it's on your edible plants. Texter says this, I have a new young silver maple. I've just started to see dark black spots on the leaves. What are they and can they be treated? Oh, it's very possible that it's something like a tar spot or something. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Um, The plant is still photosynthesizing. Uh, It's just sometimes what plants get. um, It's just a fungus out there and they get it. Uh, Don't worry about it. It could maybe never happen again or it may be every year. What you might want to do in the fall is maybe clean up really good and send those leaves to the city compost or at least try to get them out of your system so you get some of that reinfection not there next year. But again, it can come from other sources too. But it's probably possibly tar spot. It looks like somebody threw tar on the leaves. Oh, okay. Very good. 
Uh, David in Minneapolis is on the phone with a question. David, Julia's uh, Julie. I've just got. A, I'm looking at a text from Julie, which we'll get to. <laughs> Teresa is listening. David, hi, David. First, let me express the appreciation I have for your show. Thank you. I Thank have you. a tree problem. It involves a very old na- uh, maple, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what's happening is just below the place where a branch leaves the trunk, mm-hmm. we get a large round. I'll call them wart. It's mm-hmm. about six inches across, six, eight inches across, mm-hmm. and it's craggy on the top, mm-hmm. like uh, I would call them a wart. Uh, it, mm-hmm. And um, it th- that's essentially it. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been showing up the last few years. Yep. Um, I think those are burls, B-U-R-L. Um, and, I, you know, I've meant, I've always meant to research what causes them. I don't think it's anything really to worry about. Plus, it's a big tree. What can you do? Um, but I, I think those are the burls, B-U-R-L. So you may want to research that 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 phrase and find out what they are. Um, it it don't I don't think it will impact your tree, uh, from what I understand. Um, and it's very fascinating for woodworkers when they work with those. Um, the 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 it's just like a, kind of like a weird growth on your plant. It's just kind of the the tissue is weird, and so it grows weird. It's look it's sort of like a wart. You were exactly right. Um, I don't think it's a problem for your tree. Um, it's more cosmetic, from what I understand. Um, so just thank your tree for having that new interesting form on its bark, on its trunk, and just appreciate it. I don't think it's anything you have to worry about, though. But good luck. Good. Quick break is in order, and then we'll be back with more of the show, More Smart Garden, here on 830 WCCO. 68 is their temperature reading. Talking about planning ahead, doing your research, organize the information, making a decision on time, whatever the case may be. And if you're going to do all that research, you're going to see that By the Yard Furniture Maker only makes maintenance-free outdoor furniture. That's all they do, and they do it better than anyone. They're going to be at the Minnesota State Fair, too. We'll tell you more about that. Visit buytheyard.net today. You can shop over 300 maintenance-free outdoor items. This is the furniture we've told you about for, what, 15, 18 years, maybe more, that you leave outside. You never have to store. You're going to want to buy one of everything, I'm sure, but you're going to need to prioritize. Maybe you can get the gliders for the porch this year, table and chairs for the patio next year, something like that. Then again, Minnesota State Fair sale is coming and as usual, you're going to save hundreds on furniture and delivery, so you get both. Go to buytheyard.net today to request that catalog. And come and see Buy the Yard at the Minnesota State Fair, always at the Merchandise Mart, buytheyard.net. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Danny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And uh, Teresa, the reason I mentioned Julie's name um, Oh, she's always in my thoughts, of course. Yes, yes. You are, Julie. You're always <laughs> in our thoughts. Who, who would have been here today, but mm-hmm. she's a little under the weather. She's going to be with us next Saturday at the fair. At the fair. And she, remember we had a, a comment Pushing or a text on. about uh, aeration. Yes. To, and mm-hmm. uh, Julie says, uh, best to aerate in the fall because it's more likely to germinate weeds in the spring. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Yep. Because even if the weeds germinate in the fall, they're annual weeds, so they're going to be killed with the frost anyway. All right. Uh, back to the phones. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, see Julie. You, see you Saturday. Uh, Bill is calling from Waverly. I think, Bill, you're on with Julie. <laughs> you're on with Teresa. <laughs> Julie and I look so much alike. Oh, yes. Hi, Bill. What can we Hi, do Bill. for you? I got a beautiful false spirea that's creeping in my asparagus, mm-hmm. and I'm going to transplant this asparagus. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to... 
is it a good time now to dig them out? Um, you know, I that asparagus, that's a tricky one. Um, I would do it maybe a little later in the fall or first thing in the spring uh, before it even starts coming up. But what you can do right now is do a root pruning. So take your shovel and just go straight down around the whole edge of the plant, like what the part that you would normally take out as much as you can. You're not digging it out. You're just going to cut all the roots. And then, then new roots will form inside of that. And then if you want to transplant it, say, maybe the middle of next month or first thing in the spring when you're going to transplant it, go through that same um, action again, cut in the same area you cut before, and then dig under and pull up your plant and then move it out. Um, yeah, and you do want to get move it because it's either that or move the spirea because you don't want both of those. Asparagus does not like competition. It okay. just does not do well. Good hey, luck. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I'm going to take another call and we'll grab some text messages. Alan is calling from Egan. Alan, you're on CCO. Hi, Alan. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Uh, my daughter and son-in-law recently bought a lot out in the country. Cool. And I noticed that there's a lot of milkweed. Mm-hmm. Can milkweed successfully be transplanted? It sort of not really. Um, in the spring would be the best time to do it and dig up the little tiny plants and with as much root as possible. They have a deeper taproot and they don't like to be moved. That being said, I have done it, but it did kind of falter the first one year and I kind of thought it was dead, but it did come back. So, so do it early in the spring when the plants are very, very, very tiny and try not to disturb the root at all. So get as much of the root ball as you can. You can also collect the pods this this fall when they start to, to fluff out and you can see that they're ready to go. You could collect those seeds and then you could transplant those into, into what's called winter sowing where you plant them in containers and put them outside in the wintertime, January, February. They'll go through winter stratification and then you can just take those little buckets and take the soil out carefully and just plant the whole little bunch of milkweed seeds that you have growing. Um, and so you're not disturbing the roots as much. That might be an easier way to transplant. And it's called winter sowing, S-O-W-I-N-G. And because uh, it does need to, the plants need to go through the winter. The the seeds need to go through the winter cold and frost uh, to to germinate next spring. Okay. Good luck. Thanks, Ellen. Texter wants to know: Have a rock trumpet in a pot? What to do with it for winter? A rock trump trumpet. Rock trumpet. Rock trumpet. I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure what that is. I'm really sorry. I don't know what that is. If it's a perennial, or if it's an annual or a tropical vine, um, cut it back a little before you bring it in the house. Maybe give it, put it in a little shade from now till when you're going to bring it in the house. Make sure to bring it in as the temperatures reach about 40 degrees at night or cover it at 40 degrees. Um, before you bring it in, any of your plants, wash them really well. Wash the pots really well. Bring them into the house. Keep them segregated from your other plants for two or three weeks to make sure they didn't bring in any hitchhikers. And then give it as much sun as you can during the wintertime, a bright window, and keep it evenly moist. Um, that would be my general taking sure. care of plants. I'm not sure what a rock trumpet is. And sometimes is. when you send a text, it spells it, what it, it wants to yeah, spell. Yeah, it, it puts it in there. It <laughs> auto-corrects for yes. you. Uh, texter says, I have a small lilac bush that just finished blooming. I want to move it. Can I transplant it now? You can. Um, I, I might wait another week or two, uh, just just when the weather's a little bit cooler. And again, transplant, um, dig it up as much as you possibly can. 
remove the root ball fully intact, um, water it really well into the fall until the ground starts to freeze. You don't want to drown it, of course. And then do protect it from bunnies and deer uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you've moved it. And this first winter, if you've transplanted it, mulch it a little more heavily than you would normally uh, once the ground starts to freeze. Okay. Is there a spray for the lawn to kill next year's Japanese beetles? It's probably not a spray. It's probably a granular, although it could be a spray. Now is not the best time to put it down. I believe that's more in the spring you would use it. But again, I would go to the university website. They have an excellent picture on how the grubs move through the soil and when is the best time to treat them. Uh, The grubs are probably starting to go a little deeper, so it's not a good time to treat them, I believe. Um, but but again, look look at that little that little thing. It'll also tell you if you look at the packet, uh, a Grub X or whatever you're using. That's one of the products. It'll tell you when to treat. You want to make sure it does say for Japanese beetles. And the university is suggesting that if you have a problem with beetles grubs in your lawn, where the grass is actually dying and you can pull it back like a carpet, you should treat. If you don't have a bad problem with beetles in your lawn, do not treat the lawn because it can kill a lot of other good insects, too, that you need in your lawn. We have 60 seconds to go. How about a quick answer? When's the best time to divide daylilies? Anytime. (laughs) When they're not blooming, anytime. Pretty tough critters, are they? They are pretty tough. Yeah. All right, let's do this uh, before we uh, send you on your way. Let's get the uh, the website, the University of Minnesota website, and a reminder that we'll be at the State we'll Fair next week. We'll be at the State week. Fair, yep, extension.umn.edu. Visit the Master Gardeners at the State Fair at their table and at the Dirt Stage to learn stuff. But Julie's going to be with us one Julie week from today. With, mm-hmm. And then Mary will be with you the and next time. And I think time. she's bringing John with her. I think the, she's the, bringing the John. turf So get some lawn questions ready for uh, Julie and John next Mm -hmm, uh, Saturday, mm -hmm. one week from today. Because they'll like to talk turf. Absolutely. Thanks, Teresa. Good to see you. Thanks for the help as as usual. Uh, Get your uh, decking questions ready, deck and porch questions, because the deck and porch expert from Lindis is going to be with us. Boy, I've got to tell him about what we just did to our deck in the last few weeks. Talk about a labor of love. But we'll do that so uh, Luke Panic will be in. So get your deck questions ready. Building, staining, cleaning, whatever the case may be. Right now in the Twin Cities, variable winds at 4. Uh, 64 the dew point. CCO temperature reading, 68 degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.